Welcome to episode 21 of the Wiretap Podcast with Alex. Dan Carlos, 21, man. I feel like every time we have an episode, I got to say the number yeah, just to remind yeah. myself. There you go, 21, LA 21. Man, isn't that a, isn't that a, a thing? I forgot what that is. That's a, a gamer thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's 100 Thieves. Yeah, I, thought so, I thought so. I thought so. Hey, man, you know, I know we just finished the show, but dude, I feel like I feel like the week has flown by, man. Would you oh, agree? for sure. A hundred percent, man. This has man. been an intense, uh, like a, it's been a busy week and I feel like it just flew by for sure. Man, I, I, well, I, it not only did it fly by, but I even noticed on your, uh, on your social media, you had, you had a nice little outing the other day and you had, it looked like you went to a fine steakhouse. Oh yeah. Um, me and my wife were celebrating another year of our anniversary. So we went down to a, Oh, thank you, man. So we went. We went she's to. She's listening. Fancy... Congratulations, you put up with yeah. this jerk. I know, right? <laughs> Kudos to her. <laughs> um, yeah, but, man. Uh, where'd you go? Oh no, 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 no. no let's we, not share. Let's not share. My bad. No, my bad. I mean, it, 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 we, tell we me about the experience. How about that? Yeah, so we went to a fancy steakhouse, and um, it was a legit place. It was a ex- really expensive place. Yeah. Um, you know, we got we got all our food, and I had a uh, the chef cut steak. Uh, you know, I always like my the, steak meat. Did he do nah, the salt bay thing? He didn't do that, but supposedly <laughs> it's supposed to be a very tender, really expensive steak. And um, anyways, I liked it medium, medium rare. They better it, than it Texas good. Roadhouse. <laughs> nah, hundred percent, right? <laughs> but you know what happened is towards the end, she comes yeah. and she's boxing. She's boxing our remaining leftovers because we we just had a lot. Uh, and I was just gonna bring it. So, yeah. anyway, she she asked, and I was like, ah, you know, it was pretty good. I was it was a little bit on the overcook for me, but she was like, Uh-oh. oh, really? I wish you would have said something. Mm. And I was like, I was like, no, 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 you know, I don't really like to send food back or anything like that. I was like, it was good, and 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 that's the way we left. And she was like, oh, okay, not a problem. So I guess she told the manager, and prior to Uh-oh. that, the manager had, the manager had come and. Was like I want to make sure everything's uh, taken care of. You have a good experience because we want you guys sick. back. And 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 this and um. So he comes back and he's like, "Ah, oh, I heard you didn't like the the steak." I was like, "What's wrong?" I was like, "Ah, I mean, I, I was like, I, I wish I wouldn't. She wouldn't have said nothing. I was just, you know, I was just telling her that I thought it was a little bit more on the overcooked side." Yeah. He's like, um, oh. he's like, can I get you a Wagyu steak to make it up for? I cook it Ooh. right on on the grill. But I, yeah. I was like, I was like, no, no, no. I was like, I, I'm good. I, I ate it. I'm fine. And he's like, well, we do have a policy. He's like, um, if you don't like it, no questions asked. We'll, we'll take it. We deduct it off your bill. So he said, do you know who I am, bro? <laughs> he's like, he's like, um, and the reason why I'm not saying their name is just because I don't want somebody to take advantage of something like that because you know I I didn't do it with no those intentions. Asked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I didn't do it with that intention. I mean, you but he tell me off. the name because you know how I am. Yeah, but anyways, he 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 did that, and I was like, oh, okay, no, I appreciate it. you. Don't have to do that. I, I mean, I did eat the steak, you know, so I, I was gonna pay for it. But yeah, um, even with the deduction, I mean, it was like two twenty. So I mean, it was really expensive place, and okay. they still took okay. off like they still took off like say a sixty five dollar steak like okay. off the plate. It's not too expensive, but you know, it's still a, a pricey cut of meat. Yeah, yeah, no, those those sides that you posted, I believe I saw some sides. It was very STK style, man. Very oh, for uh, sure. The spinach uh, creamy thing that they had, oh, was delicious. And then I had, of course, the artichoke. 
Yes, it's sort of like that, but it was like okay. really creamy. And then we had mashed potatoes. We had some oysters that are cooked in the oven with some sauce in it. They were really good. We had, um, I had the the chef's cut with a lobster tail. It, I mean, it was it was good. I mean, overall, the steak could have been better, and I, so I yeah. definitely appreciate them taking it off. But I would have had no problem paying for it. You just didn't expect that, man, right? You didn't no, expect didn't, the man to, to come yeah. in and to show up and to and the honestly check this out. It's better, right? And check this out. They gave me a four, they gave me a fourteen dollar on top of that fourteen dollar discount for our anniversary just off the bat that they were gonna oh, give us dang. anyways. I was like, oh, really? Dang. No, that's yeah. a good. You might, man. We listen. You need to start sharing who this is, man. <laughs> no, I mean, I'll probably tell you off off the off the podcast, but. Offline you know, right now. A, yeah, well, I just well, don't want them to take advantage because you know someone could take advantage of that. <laughs> no questions asked, right? Uh, but sure. you know that's that's an interesting segue, Alex. As you you know, we talk about these things that are not expected, right? Uh, one of the things that really jumps out at me, uh, you know, if, if there are days, I don't know about our listeners, I don't know about you, man, but there are days that I reflect, whether it's an anniversary. Uh, you know, such as yourself in that specific way, whether it's a birthday, uh, whether it's uh, something that just repeats, uh, it just reminds you that it's another year of, you know, you fill in the blank. And what begins to happen is your younger self, right? Your younger self starts to grow, starts to mature, and you really experience new things. But one of the things that really jumps out at me, man, and I wanted to ask you this, because as we talk about these things that are unexpected, I wanted to ask you if your older self could write your younger self, what advice would you give yourself, honestly? And that goes to well, our listeners too, right? Your older self, no matter what age you are, and according to the analytics that we have, uh, our age bracket right now is between 28 and 38, right? So between 28 years old and 38 years old, that age bracket is who is listening to us right now. So if you could say something to your younger self, what would it be? Alex, does that jump out at you? So, dude, I mean, so many thoughts going in my head. First is right, like, right. we should, if I would have gone, say if I would have stayed in college to major in what I was pursuing, uh, yeah. which was at the time mechanical engineering or something in those fields, maybe or or i don't know if i would change a lot because honestly the trajectory that i'm at put me into the path that i am today or or maybe it would accelerated that but what i would tell myself is invest invest in google right <laughs> invest in amazon because right. think about it like this right if right. I go, they started I just, somewhere I just, I just started them i went back and i pulled a ticker just from amazon um the Amazon ticker was in the, around those time was around $34. If I would have been able to say, like, don't be scared, invest as much as you can into Amazon and just keep investing into it because you could have literally invested from that time. It was around $35 all the way to 2007. It, it, it was in, in 2008, it was at $48. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it you could have really gone and just invest. So what I would tell myself is do, do not be scared. Invest, invest in, in Amazon, invest in Google, invest in Apple, yeah. invest in these large companies that were going to be wave makers. Right. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. No, not, not to, not in with that intention. Right. But I'm just saying, because they 
produce the wave of the future of our economy and the future of where we're going. Think about where Amazon started just as a book, selling books online, just being of course. selling everything and taking stores down with stores that you never thought like clean and retail out. Yeah. 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 Like, like what is that? Uh, this, what is toys, toys R Us and all these other companies put them out of business. So that's what I would tell myself. I think that's what I would tell is don't be scared. Yeah. Invest in those companies and to the outlook. If you think about it right now, Carlos is it would have been like super crazy. Oh man. And and you're not lying on that, man. Definitely an uptrend. Definitely as progression takes place and they begin to scale. Listen, there's no, there's no if, ands, or buts, man. Let's just be honest at it, right? Uh, I believe I would have probably said the exact same thing uh, to my younger self to say, don't be afraid to invest. Put away all this childish crud, right? Now, listen, some of you guys, some of our listeners, some, not all, uh, you know, when, when I was younger, when Alex was younger, we would pour money into uh, depreciating assets. Let's just say mm-hmm. that. Like cars, uh, AKA, <laughs> also known as cars, right? Uh, thousands, and I mean thousands of dollars. This is not an no, exaggeration. No. Thousands of dollars, uh, whether it was a progression, uh, whether it was one time, it was thousands. So, in those moments, I probably would have said to myself, Listen, have fun, right? Have fun, do your thing, but you need to have a slush fund right? You need to have a, an amount that you need to focus on and put that into investments. Yeah. The priorities weren't, weren't there, right? We, uh, no, we, we did it. They were we very light. Like they, say, they were there, but they were very light. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm saying they were, they were like, you know, backwards. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. so we were, we were doing it, but not in the order that it should have been done to prepare us right. to be better off where we're at today. I mean, Absolutely. think about that. Absolutely. Absolutely. But you know, one of the other things, and, and this is, this is more of that philosophical thing I probably would have said to my younger self. And again, and, and I'm stuttering here because what me and you just talked about is over 20 years ago. Let's get that straight. Right. Uh, it's been 20 years, Alex, right. Uh, when that foolishness came into play. Right. But what's even more interesting is I think I would have said to my younger self that no matter what you encounter, right, no matter what catastrophe you fall into, no matter what mess takes place, at the end of the day, it will all be okay. And that sounds so cliche, right? Because it's, of course, it's all going to be okay. But in those moments, if the old, right, if the, if, if the younger Carlos would have been told that by the young, by the older Carlos in that moment to say, look, these are specifics. Here are details. It will be okay. Because on the other side of that mess, right, on the other side of that Thing that you saw as, as as something that would destroy you, that if you were to tell someone, hey, this and this and this is going to take place, and I know that sounds like a disaster, and I know that sounds like there is nothing left, just know that on the other side, it will be okay. Yeah. And it's not only going to be okay, but here are some things that you need to look forward to, Right. So again, if anything, I would have said, yes, I need to invest. But I would say my, my, my older self, if I could 
go back in time. As a friend of mine would say, uh, I have a friend of mine who would say, man, I'm just trying to get back to 1985. Uh, <laughs> in those situations, uh, I would say to the younger self, it's going to be okay. Sounds cliche, but let me tell you some things that are going to happen. And let me tell you that some things are going to happen after the fact. And as you can no, see, it will be okay, right? No, no, I agree. I agree 100% because, I mean, all those all those things are very important. And also one thing that I may add is is don't don't be afraid to ask, you know, other people that, that are in the industry or maybe in the field, don't be afraid to go and, and either pay for their time or, or do whatever you need to to host a meeting to try to educate yourself a little bit more. Um, as, as you get older, you start learning a little bit more how to approach different people and how to not not ask for something, but basically give them some give them a little bit of worth before you ask. They kind of leads a little bit into our next topic, which is the rules of etiquette, right? Or asking for a relationship, how to grow a relationship. Yeah, yeah. And and one of them is is, is kind of where I was leading to, Carlos is. Avoid asking for favors if you haven't built a relationship yet. And yeah. with one of those is basically you can't it's I don't know if I've ever said this in the show, but you, you know what an emotional bank account is? Yeah, absolutely, man. So so an emotional bank account for those who don't you listen. Always, I've, no, I've noticed that you that is uh, that is a big go to for you. You really well, the, the reason really why is because the emotional bank account. Right, the the emotional piggy bank. I, I've noticed that you really like that. Well, think about it no like that. that, Alex. I think it's well, great. It, it, I mean, it's it's an emotional bank account that you just pull. And as long as the person is putting deposits, it's okay right. when they mess up and they pull some deposits out. Right. Yeah. It's it, what happens is, right. Yeah, it, what happens is when they're pulling way too much and they're negative. It's like, dude, that's it. Well, you you broke a bridge. Yeah, so as long as you, yeah, as long as you're putting some in there, there's no problem. And it kind of goes with, and it kind of goes with this, right? Uh, it's even Gary Vaynerchuk created a book, and it's called like the Jab Jab Right Hook, um, according yep, to this yep. article, which I haven't read that one particular. And I do, I'm a big fan of Gary because he's got some yeah, big, um, so he's got some big ideas. Yeah. yeah. So, but one of the things is with that is don't ask for favors if you haven't created value for the person that you're trying to get something out of it. Like, right. don't be, don't be one of those people that are come off kind of scummy. And, and just like, oh, I'm worried about myself. It was like, if you see that person and you're trying to get, well, see what you can do for them in order to get what you want at a later date. But you got to be able to put some of those emotional coins in there. That way you can ask for that favor. Is like, don't be asking for favors if you haven't put anything in, right? Absolutely. They're like, not going to want to like, do it. Well, like, yeah, no, no. Like when I ask you for, to sell me uh, the car that you're not using that's in your garage, that I'm like, hey, man, I've put a lot <laughs> of that emotion. <laughs> Hey man, that's a backup, money? man. <laughs> Why are you trying to finesse me like that? That's a backup of the other car, just in case. Oh man, cap, right? No, no, no. Listen, listen. I absolutely agree. And listen, I'm going to say this to you. Uh, a couple of years ago, I want to say it's been about two and a half years ago. I had an individual uh, who came to me that I had no idea who this individual was. I did not learn who this individual was until after the fact, and then I found out that there was a connection, right? So I didn't know who they were. I don't think they really knew who I was. Uh, but until I did some digging and I realized, oh, there's a connection there. I see, I see why, you know, we, we should connect, I guess. But this individual 
basically from, uh, honestly, from left field, if I could use that example, Alex, from left field, this individual comes at me with a problem or a need, right? A problem that has a need attached. And I have no idea who this individual is. And we start getting into finances, right? And I say, well, I've got some resources that I can share with you as far as some connections if you're looking for X, Y, Z. And what they were doing is they were basically playing me. And what they really wanted was my direct resources, right? My own financial mm-hmm. resources. And they were trying to get X, Y, Z out of me. But what threw me off is I knew that this particular individual that wanted me to invest in their company and wanted me to pump capital in their company. What I learned in that moment was, number one, you have no idea what the relational uh, bank is at the end of the day, right? You don't even know who I am. You have no idea that I could lend you cash, put a contract together and take your company and you don't even know it, right? You don't know me from Adam. What if I did that and all you're looking for is the mighty dollar and I'm handing you a check and because you're not reading the fine print, you just Mm -hmm. sold your company to me, right? So what I learned from that specific example, Alex, is that you have to get to know people, right? If you're going to jump in and ask for a deal right off the bat and you don't even know who I am, number one, how are you closing deals, right? How are you closing deals immediately without establishing, building trust, establishing trust and building a relationship? So, you know, as we talk about these five, you know, I don't want to get too far into these. No, uh, but that's very, there's next, yeah, no, there's next one, Carlos, but I want to make sure we touch on this next one, which is thanking people for their time. This is one of the things that I I do this all on my, on the daily um, especially when I value, you know, I value a lot of people's time and, and I hope that I, people value my time because, uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm also super busy and I don't, I don't, sometimes I don't have time. Uh, and I do answer my phone and help a lot of people in the same way is when I ask for other engineers and I ask for other help and I collaborate, I always make sure that, you know, Hey, thank you for taking my call. Thanks for answering my email. Um, or like, hey, here's this. Uh, thanks in advance. I really appreciate it. And then, you know, when they give you the answer, just let them know that you're thankful for for their help. Um, it's it's a just a common courtesy in the industry to do that because Absolutely. as you as you start going up the ranks, and you know this, Carlos, running running your your show and, and over there, it's it's basically the same thing. You, your time is super valuable, and you appreciate Incredible. when somebody else appreciates your time because you Absolutely. appreciate their time, right? If that Absolutely. makes sense. Absolutely. Um, and you so, got to show, go you got to show that individual uh, that their time, you recognize that their time is valuable. Right. Mm-hmm. And in those five rules of understanding that relational etiquette, it's crucial, as Alex has just said, that you got to learn and you got to have the discipline of putting yourself aside, of putting your pride aside and to say, hey, I know this took a lot. I know you're an extremely breezy person. I know there's so much on your plate, but let me just take a moment to just say thank you for your time. Because at the end of the day, whether you're looking for a specific, you fill in the blank, right? At the end of the day, time, there is value to it, right? And you've got to keep those things in mind. Even if you got denied, you still need to go back and thank that individual in relational etiquette 
to thank oh, you. Oh, for for hundred percent. And I think those are I think those are the two most important ones. I think we can skip over the other ones. I don't I don't think they're that critical. I, I will um, have to disagree with you on this one, Alex. Okay, which one? Uh, because one I really one? enjoy I really enjoy. Look, I, I don't want to talk about the follow-up because I think at some point, if you follow up too much, you're going to become annoying and you're going to look yeah. desperate, right? At some point, you've got to learn to walk away, ladies and gentlemen, right? When you're about to close a deal, let me say this, no matter what industry you work in, if you are about to close a deal, no matter what that looks like, if you keep calling over and over and over, my rule of thumb is three times. If after the third time, there is no response, get the idea, right? Get the idea. Uh, if I need to write it down for you, I'll write it down for you. But after three times you follow up and it doesn't happen, guess what? You need to let that go, right? So for me, I would say be careful on the follow-up. Don't follow up too much because then you can you can look incredibly desperate, right? And because of that, someone's not going to want to talk to you. They're not going to answer your calls because you keep calling over and over and over. So well, again, one thing I want to add, one thing I want to add to that, Carlos, now that yeah. you bring it up is yeah, man. Is Make sure if you guys are closing deals, especially if you're in sales or closing whatever deal of if even if it's not a sale or you're just trying to make something happen, don't stay in the maybe. That as a sale as a salesperson or someone don't that's trying to that. close a deal or, or yeah. whatever, you never want to be in the maybe. Either always push for out. a yes or, or or go for the no, because you rather know that it's a no and move on. Don't waste your time or it's a, you know, if it's a yes, then of course you close the deal, but the maybe is what kills us in the industry. Yeah, no, I, I, I couldn't agree more, Alex. I, I, I totally follow you on that, but here's what I am going to say. The third one is I really want us to look at this. Now, the fifth one, in case some of you are wondering what the fifth one is, uh, the, fifth one, the fifth one is don't contact the person through an inappropriate medium. Don't use social media because you found them on Facebook. Hey, I've noticed you haven't answered my calls and uh, hope it's okay that I reach out to you via messenger. Okay, now, now you've really- Now you're stalker, deal, right? right? Now, now you've gone to like third level, get ready to get blocked, right? So that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's a no brainer. But I really want to talk about number three, which focuses on what's in it for them. As you build this relationship, right, and you begin to move in on the ask, or you begin to move in on the sale, and you have built that trust, and you know it's a strong level of trust, and you have thanked that person for their time, even if it's just for their wisdom, right, or their advice, one of the things you need to keep in mind is you need to focus in on what's in it for them. Meaning, what is the value proposition here? I, I, I talk to a lot of my clients on a daily basis uh, where it is a, you need to keep in mind the question I ask them, what is in it for your customer, right? What is the value prop, right? Whether that's in the nonprofit sector, whether it's that it's in the for-profit sector, in the music industry, in the logistics industry, in the finance world, whatever the case may be, what is in it for your customer? Focus on the value proposition. It's kind of like when you watch Shark Tank, right? A lot of people tend to miss this and they're watching Shark Tank. The reason you get excited about watching a show like Shark Tank is not because of the deal, right? You don't get excited because of the deal. I on occasions do. I on occasions get excited about the, the drama, right? People trying to jump in and take, you know, their cut of, the, of, of someone else's company, their hard-earned work, uh, their own sweat. But for me, it's what product is coming out that's going to make my life better. 
Again, mm -hmm. a business is designed that if there is a problem, you have a solution. In other words, when a business takes place, what is the value proposition? Be In other words, what is the value proposition that customers, people, whoever it is, want to buy your product, right? They want to come on your team. So I would say, Alex, that number three is incredibly important because you always need to lay down the ground rules, set the parameter, and remind that individual that if they connect with you on this level, if they take on this specific product, if they go down this you know, road, track, whatever you want to call it, at the end of the day, what's in it for them? So for me, I would say that is an important and incredible uh, uh, point that you should not miss is reminding the customer, right? reminding yourself that there is always a value prop, right? Uh, what's in it for them? I, wanna, I wanted to add to the Shark Tank um, scenarios yeah, because what I like about the show is just learning what important people key in on and what are their what are their extractions or what do they hear and kind of the who whoever's presenting their ideas or projects is right. like how are they coming across what could have they done better so if you take in more of a learning experience if you're trying to present say you you're selling a construction or you're selling something or whatever and you're presenting it to a board or or what or to a higher end people is like what things do they pick on what can you do better so if you learn from those I believe that you become a, a better center and also on what the um, the other side is is listening to provide them the value that you're seeking and also defending yourself, right? Because we all tend to we're all in this business to you got to sell yourself. In a way, it also make yeah you got you got to make some money, right? So um, it's also providing value to to them, but in also getting what you you want, which is closing the deal. So that's what I take from the show, and that's. That's it for and, and that we one. Did, I think and, you hit it right on the nail. Yeah, man. And and here's the thing: we're not focusing on Shark Tank, but I wanted to use that as a as as a specific uh, example. But it kind of also leads into this next piece of the show as we talk about building a business, as we talk about throughout the show, of course, uh, as we talk about building a business, as we talk about uh, executing relational uh, relationships that are built around trust uh, with established trust factors and in, uh, coming into play. There are things that you need to take on as a business owner, as a leader, as, as, as even, uh, even if you're not the business owner and you are leading something specifically, right? It doesn't always have to be something regarding business, but this is something that you need to keep in mind that you can actually use in so many scenarios. So as we talk about this next piece, we talk about the five essential qualities of a great leader. And I believe they connect, right? They interconnect. Uh, with the specific five qualities of building a relational uh, uh, relationship with uh, whether that's in sales, uh, whether that's uh, you fill in the blank, right? I'm trying, I'm trying to keep this very broad. I'm trying to paint this picture in a very broad way. But there are five essential qualities, and I know Alex, you have uh, you have some opinions that you don't really see those five as truly something that is uh, heavily important, right? You put more weight on specific ones uh, versus all five. Would you agree? No, I I, be I believe all of them are important. I was just saying for the sake of this time and the show, is I, those <laughs> are the ones that that stuck out to me the most. It, yeah, it's not that yeah. I wasn't saying that they were important. I was just trying to get the which ones are the best value. Um, but no, I think all of them are great and, and they show 
different areas that people need to use in their day-to-day. So break down the five, Alex, if you don't mind. Break down those five now that you've said that they do matter to you. They, no, they do matter. I was just I just didn't know if we wanted to just add one or two and then well, focus keep the on other the ones, ones you the like. Yeah, so, right. No. So basically uh, uh, having clarity. Right. It, it's one of those things that. Yeah. And I'm not even going to go with that. I'm just going to speak to the to the key point that, that sticks out to me. Clarity to me means business that you're doing. If you don't understand a project or you don't understand something, then you can't make a good judgment decision or produce something that you want or or say the things that they expecting if you're not clear of what the project is. If you have a lot lot of questions, if you have a lot of things that you're not sure about, how does this work? What about this? It's um, right now, for example, I'm working on a project. I've had four or five meetings with a lot of different people because we're trying to do something that hasn't been done. And there's a lot of questions. There's there's not a lot of clarity. And slowly we're, we're getting to that point. We're at a point that we're having one more meeting just to wrap up the thing and basically put a seal on it, close it, deals done. Um, and it's because and it's a it's a big project that eventually leads to a lot of future business. One of the things that with that is if you're not clear, there's no clarity on the project, then you can't really make a good decision. Once everybody's aboard and every everyone has a clear vision, yeah. then everyone is ready to move past that. Um the the other ones is is basically being decisive is yeah. sometimes dude you know this carlos because you obviously you're the ceo of a company and you're running the show and i know this from a different side even though i'm not technically the ceo of our company we have different layers right i course, i work under yeah, i'm yeah. like i work under just four other people um president vice president and stuff and the general manager and then you know so i have to respond to those people but you also make a lot of decisions. And sometimes with that is you have to, be, you have to go with the, you got to die on the, on the, you got to die by your, what you say. And sometimes right. people looking at you for answers to move one way or another, and you have oh, to man. be decisive and you'd be Tell like, oh, this is what we're doing. And you got to move forward. That's right. That's right. You can't, and then you now- cannot be a leader if you can't make a decision. Yeah, correct. Right. If there is always a gray area, right. If there is always a gray area, you got to make a black and white decision. I hate to say that, right? If there is always a gray area, you got to make a black and white decision. In other words, mm-hmm. no matter how messy it looks, you got to either make this decision about it or this decision about it. Because mm-hmm. if you let it sit, if you let it marinate long enough, it's going to create a bigger problem, right? It's going to stew into something you're not expecting. So absolutely, Alex, I I, I really appreciate that because uh, you then- really did. Yeah, man. You go ahead. I don't know if you agree with those, but let's just keep going here for number three. Unless yeah. you want to add for anything for those two or, or you're, you're good on those? No, okay. man. No, man. So, I really want to jump in on, on the four and five in ways, right? Okay. Yeah. And and, I, and I'll jump on number three and then we'll, yeah, we'll just keep going and then we'll go touch back. Yeah, so, so basically number three is courage and kind of that lens with the other one. You got to, in order to be decisive, you got to have a lot of courage right? Because you're looking at yourself and you got a role and you got to believe in what in yourself. That's the most key thing uh, that I can take away from that. You got to have courage, meaning believe in yourself, go out there, sometimes say, say whatever you want to say, because it, it, maybe it was the right answer. And if you don't have the yeah. courage to say that, then you're stuck at, at, in a limbo, right? Maybe they, they were looking for that in order 
to keep going. So have courage to say, also have courage to, when you think something is not correct, go to your managers and be like, look, you know, I, I believe this is not correct or, or here. So you, sometimes you got to have courage. And there's a lot of people that basically stay, they don't never say nothing and they stay in that limbo state and their managers think, well, this guy's great. He never says nothing. Right. So I would say have courage in all aspects. And number four would be passion. Oh man. Passion is, is, is critical. I mean, I believe that that's what leads us to where we are today. I mean, you're from your side, me where I'm at, everyone out there that's listening is they got to have a passion for something. Uh, if maybe they haven't found it and I would, to those people, I would say, keep pursuing your passion, try to find what that is because everything that you do, if it, it, it gets boring, if, if you don't have the passion to do something to help people or to do whatever you need to do, then you just, you're going to hate those Mondays. You're going to hate those, those Tuesdays. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Yeah, okay, yeah. But go ahead. I'll let you, cause I know you wanted to touch on this one. I'll let you go ahead and pick it up. Um, for no, man. I, I think, I think again, Alex, uh, you make uh, so much sense, man. And here's the thing. If I work, check this out. If I work, for a man who sells kites and he says, Carlos, I need you to sell 12 kites a day, right? I know that sounds ridiculous, but follow me on this. No, if he says you. to me, if he says to me, hey, I need you to sell 12 kites a day, right? But if I don't see this man passionate about the kite flying business, bro, and it's just a, hey, see if you can sell 12 today. No, no, no. If he doesn't come in ready to change the world one kite at a time, bro, at the end of the day, what am I doing selling these kites with this man, right? At the end of the day, and I'll say that again, at the end of the day, right? If you work for someone who is not passionate and they don't love what they do, let me say this to you. You will not love what you do either. Leaders need to have a passion. They need to have this fire in their belly that makes them do what they do every single day and hit it harder and harder and harder. And what happens in the way you keep that up is by fanning that flame, bro. Every single day, it's all about fanning that flame. So I would say passion is a must, dude. You so got to get excited out. about what you do, bro. I'll, get, I'll, give, you, I'll give you four names. Yeah, it's a clear example for everyone out there that is, right. talks about passion. Jeff Bezos, super passionate about Amazon. Look where it's at today. Absolutely. Steve Jobs, super passionate about his Apple product and everything, and super passionate about Pixar. That made made him way more money than than Apple did. Right? Absolutely. You can agree or not, but I, they, these people had passion, right? Then you had yeah. Elon but they Musk. Were, look, they were called crazy, bro. These people have been I'm called saying, crazy because they love and the they extreme. got a passion. Yeah, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Go I, ahead. I went to the I went to the extremes. Then yeah, I man, said Elon Musk, and then yeah. and Warren Buffett. Right? They're all passionate about absolutely yeah, different man. areas, different areas, yeah. but they're all super passionate. And obviously, I picked extremes, but that's just to show you if you believe in what you're doing and you have that passion, I mean, you're gonna pursue it. That's right. Sky's the limit. Now here's here's this last one. The last one Very, talks about yeah. humility. Very important humility. Look, I'm all about having a a drive. I'm all about uh, hitting it hard. You know, look, I'm all about going all in. Let me just put it that way. Mm -hmm. But when it gets to your head, and you forget the people around you, right? 
people who have encouraged you, people who have just said to you, hey, man, look, I know this sucks right now, but you're going to get there. So be patient, right? Uh, that level of encouragement or a high level of encouragement or whoever it may be. Let me just say to you, you are not, Alex, I'm going to be real with you. You are not where you are at all by yourself, bro. Correct. I'm going to give you a reality check right now. You are not where you are at right now because it's all you. No, Carl, no, 100%. I say this to myself. I am not where I am today because of all me. I'm not. Whether someone played a small role or someone played a much larger role, those individuals mattered, right? They played a, a role into where I am at today. Now, however, look, now let me, let me get this straight because I know there's going to be some that are, you know, they're raising their eyebrows. What I'm saying to you is I'm not saying that the drive and the hustle that they, you know, they, they pushed in you because you've got to get up and do that every day, right? You've got to remember that you are still an individual and you are responsible for yourself. But those people that you can look back on to say, you know what? They really did have my back when I didn't expect. No, that. even even dude, right? it, it doesn't. It's 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 your friend. I mean, it's some of your friends, not all of them, of course, but right, right. some of your friends, the mentors, your, family, your mentors. There's people that, dude, I can take it all the way back. There's people when I used to work at a uh, at a dealership and maybe we're going to touch a little bit on car buying, but. When I was working at the dealership, I did all aspects. I was in the in the front detailing cars. I was driving cars to show, blah, blah, blah. I Hardcore even tried quarter the, right there. Yeah. I even tried I even tried the the you know, being a mechanic and doing that and working that. And some of those old old folks over there, I really appreciate their insight, man. Yeah, man. To this yeah, day, man. Yeah, I still yeah, remember yeah. I was sitting there and I was doing the I was doing oil changes and tire rotation i was thinking that oh, maybe this is what i want to do and one of the one of the older gentlemen came up to me and said it was like dude it was like it was like what are you doing it's like this is good and everything and you're making a little bit of money and, and it is great it was like but don't pursue this as a career it's like you, you're a smart dude it was mm -hmm. like you need to go do something else right mm -hmm. so what i did after that i, I waited about a month uh, a month later and um, i put my two-week notice in the seduces yeah, and then I left, yeah. did a pivot in my career and then led yeah. me to where I'm to kind of in the field that I'm at now. And anyway, so there was a direct uh, trajectory there that got shifted. And, right. and thanks right. to that person, right? Also had you have your family and people like that that supported right. you and people gave you shots to do something and you didn't let them down. So I understand exactly what you're saying is it was like you have to have the drive. You have to have the hustle. Nobody's saying that that you or I, or they don't have it is, is when, but when somebody gives you that shot, you got to take it. It's like, right, you got to right. die. You got to have that right. passion to, to dive deep into it, right. to not let those people down to you're able to go to the next step. Because what happens if you don't, you fall and you're going to go two steps back because they're like, oh, I don't know about that. I gave them a shot. So definitely a hundred percent. You're so absolutely feel yourself, right. There's, right. Right. Alex, yeah. feel yourself, but don't feel yourself too much. No, because and, it wasn't also, all about you at the end of the day, yeah, right? Correct. And then uh, the even humility starting with the infant piece, right? With your family and your values mm -hmm. and you grew up, you've learned certain things because you just grew up around certain people. And those could be, you know, your parent figures, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm just being, I'm just being and, honest. Dude, and check this day, out. And we said it, matters, it and dude. we said, and we said this before, I said it before in a different show is one of these things having humility is knowing when you mess up and accepting, acknowledging like, dude, I screwed up. And 
I said go. it before. Remember that everybody moves past quicker when you accept it. But what you show when you got people working underneath you, it shows like, hey, if I'm wrong, it, it's okay to say that I'm wrong because That's look, right. my, my, my leader or my boss or, you know, when they mess up, they take ownership, accountability right. of their right. mistakes. And that's one of them, you know, that also goes along with that. Yeah, man. So humility is, is, is incredibly important. So to wrap these up, guys, uh, one is clarity, two, decisiveness, three, courage, four is passion, and five, humility. If you're looking for a strong leader, if you work for someone who's a leader, ask yourself, do they hold those qualities? Where are they missing? Maybe I'm the answer to those uh, specific specifics, right? Maybe you can help your leaders around you develop these qualities that at the end of the day will help drive business in the right path and even help you in your professional career. I don't know. However, you just need to keep those things in mind as you navigate through life. Would you agree, Alex? No, yeah, for sure. I think those are all important. And Carlos, and talking about things that are important, if you're out there looking for a new car, you're on the market thinking about, hey, I need to buy me a new car. You were just saying that you want to buy my old one. But I'm going to give you some tips, and we're going to give our <laughs> listeners some tips on how to buy a new car or what if you in the market to buy a new car or maybe it's an old car. One of the things, I'm going to hit it off with number one, and then we'll piggyback off each other, Carlos. Yeah, but man. Number one, it's, it's very important is – it's important and not important. It's important and depends on you. If you're trying to get the best deal, just know that dealerships do tend to sway a little bit more at the end of the month because they have a certain requirement of cars that they're trying to meet these quotas right. to to at the end of each month. And if you come in and they need a 20 and you're 19. Uh, and, do everything they can. Yeah, man. Yeah, they, they just closed 19. You're number 20 and they don't know. And it's the last deal of the day. Trust me, they're going to do everything to to get you happy to close. And go the deal. when it's raining. Go when it's raining. <laughs> that that one is it's a niffy, but I would say definitely if you go towards the end of the week or you or te- technically the last the two month. weeks of the month yeah, yeah, yeah. are better for you. Of course, of course. Now the number ahead, two me... is uh, yeah, man. So number two is price checking. Look, I don't need to elaborate too much. You need to check your prices. Check outside your hometown. Check outside. Go to another city. Go to the next major, uh, larger city, right? You know, I think you're going to get better deals. And this is just my opinion. You're going to get better deals in a bigger city than you are in a smaller town because their prices are incredibly controlled because of the competition that's around them, right? Versus a larger city, there's going to be a whole lot more wiggle room. So uh, definitely a price check, Alex. Yeah, so then the next one is this one. A lot of people say don't finance at, at the color, you know, at the dealership. Yeah. I, I don't know about that one because, you know, either, sometimes the dealership does have great deals, especially right, yeah. sometimes you got some of these that are 60 months, zero APR. I mean, that's yeah. a great preferred deal. Preferred lenders. Yeah, man. Yeah, they have preferred lenders. So what I would say is just make sure that you have a good credit score, a look up, make sure that they're having a good deal on the APR and you're not going to get these four, five, six, seven, eight percent uh, loans, that's a bad, invest, you know, that's a bad deal. So look for, make sure that they're treating you right, but that's not always a bad thing to get financed by the, by the dealership. Yeah. Yeah. So the, so the fourth one also says, uh, just say no to all the add-ons. Listen, anything you add on, you're going to be praying through the roof guys. Let's just be honest. You want premium, premium wheels versus alloy. Trust me, it's coming. You want premium sound versus what it already comes with the standard equipment you will pay for. It. And not only will you pay for it one time, you will pay for it up to three 
100%. So think about those add-ons when you go to the dealership and they say to you, hey, we can even add an extra decal on the side just for an extra $1,700. $1,700 for a decal. You know what? I'm okay. I appreciate it. Keep those things in mind no. because at the end of the day, what you're purchasing is a depreciation, a depreciating asset, okay? Carlos, I want to add to that one. It's not necessarily about add-ons to the car because maybe you do want the whatever sound system in the car and that's fine. Mostly what I would say it's finance add-ons. Like for wheel, Your wheel gap insurance. Yeah, gap insurance depends on what kind of vehicle and if you have the means or not. Warranty. Just look into that. But definitely like fabric warranty. They don't never put the fabric warranty. I mean, they don't never put the stuff that they say they're going to put on the car. That's just a waste. That's only if you ever complain back, they'll, they'll fix it. But those are very slim. You're probably not going to do it. So it's the finance add-ons that you need to be careful and not, and they're not necessary. Yeah. And then, so yeah. number five, Carlos, is, you know, I'm not even going to talk about that one. Just try to ask for stuff like oil changes and all that. I don't think that's Bang. very critical. The... I'm going to skip, I'm going to skip this one also is number six is don't tell them you have a trade-in. Try to do your negotiations first and then let them right. know, okay, I am interested in doing after you kind of negotiated the price down. That way it's not very heavily determined on the car. Um, that's the only catch with that. Um, number seven is buying a new car is a bad investment. I don't really necessarily agree with that. It just depends on the, what type of buyer you are in what you're doing because if you know that well this car is going to depreciate as soon as i drive it but you have this emotional richness that comes with having a new car you're taking different care conversation of it. yeah yeah different conversation it's not a financial one it's more of a personality um choice. yeah and emotional yeah, so it depends you know that you are paying more but maybe you choose to go that route and then yeah, go man. ahead, Carlos. Number know eight. your sticker. Number eight is really knowing your sticker price. Do your research right on what the average price is when it comes to the transaction, and don't just buy a car because this is the one. This is yeah, I get it. It could be the one, but what if you found that same white one with those same wheels, with that same sound system, with that same spoiler at another dealer, all because you chose not to shop around? Again, do your research, guys. I would say that. Oh, 100%. And then um, the, number nine is basically don't get married to the down payment. Now, this one here is going to depend. If you don't have the means to do it, you should not buy a car that's outside of your means because that means you're just working to pay off a car that you, you mean the monthly really payment afford. versus the down yeah, payment, right? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The monthly payment. Yeah. Just because Some they people, say it's 199 and you're like, oh my gosh, what a great deal for 200 bucks a month. Look at the details. But anyway, go ahead, Alex. I'm sorry. No, it, it, no, 100, dude, you're, you're right. I mean, you got to look at it. How long is the term? As soon as you tell a salesperson, if you can get me to this payment, <laughs> done. you got a deal, they're going to make it happen. 100%. Right. You could be financing for 82 months and you're paying like way, 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 way more for that car and you don't even realize right. it. It happens all the time. So don't tell them what's your monthly just know that in the back and you try to negotiate the full amount and try to get it down until you get to that specific or where you want to be at but don't let them know what price they can lock you in because they're going to make that happen and then once once they once they make it happen they got you because you said that you committed to that they're going to make you sign and say hey if you sign here if you if we can get it to here you buy the car and then Absolutely. you're signing stuff that you're not you don't even know what you're in for 
and you've just locked in, imagine 84 months on 199 a month, man. You imagine what you just, if you just would have waited, you could have saved thousands. Uh, number 10. Turtle, skip. Yeah, skip over yeah. that one, man. Yeah, yeah, ask about hidden costs. Listen, there's, you, if you're dealing with a dealership that won't tell you the hidden costs, then you need to just run, right? You need to yeah, that you that means you're not true. Get out of yeah, there, you're right? dealing with a not a reputable business anyway. So you should not and, even yeah. And and when you get to a number 11, which is right after, and we just mentioned it, both of us listen, don't be afraid to walk away, right? Mm -hmm. That salesman, that finance manager doesn't want you to walk away because they've seen your credit score, right? They've seen what you came in driving. So they know what you can afford. They know what you're somewhat making. Honestly, they know because they've already ran the numbers. If you walk away, don't be surprised if they come knocking, if they come texting, if they come calling to say, we found something, would you be interested? Again, yep. don't be afraid to walk away. Do not get excited about the deal, right? Just because the first date went well does not mean she's marriage material, ladies and gentlemen, or mm -hmm. gentlemen, right? Or, in the, uh, or, or ladies, if the first date went great, it does not mean you should marry that individual, right? So keep in mind as you move forward that it's okay to walk away from a deal. It's okay to say, ah, let me think about that. Because again, they add that pressure. That's their so, job. Yep. And number 12 is think about buying a car online. Um, yeah. You know, True. I think as a society moves more and more and more, all these stores are going online. You can't hardly find any stores. It's like these malls are going to end up doing something to... I've heard that they're going to make a development where they're going to flip some of these to, to like living spaces and kind of entertainment down because everyone's closing stores. So right. number buying a car online doesn't seem crazy anymore. You see it all the more, you buy the car online, get all the features, have it delivered to your car. Then they, they schedule someone to come show you all the bells and whistles. Dude, so look at Carvana. See <laughs> you see, have you what, been yeah. downtown Atlanta? You see the, yeah, the, you honestly the see cars. The machine. It is a vending machine full of cars. No, and, and I think that's where we're going. We're going to be buying cars online. Um, when we bought my wife's car, they scheduled someone to come do a demo here at our house. It's like it, it happens. So I see this one as more and more people are going to be adopting this. Is I don't see a problem with buying a car online, especially if you're buying a new car. It's not going to have anything wrong with it. And plus, you can still ex and, you know expect and make sure that there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, yeah. And 13, listen, don't talk too much. Just listen what they're going to offer you. And that's the thing, right? When you, when you just pay attention, any salesman, and think about this, even if you sell for a living, whatever it is that you sell, if you just close, if your customer just keeps their mouth closed and you're trying to sell, a lot of the times you just keep talking and talking and talking and talking because you want them to give you a response. In that situation, reverse it. Do the same thing. Just listen to the details, listen to what they're saying, and just say, let me think about that. Mm, tell me a little bit more about this. Again, don't make that first offer in negotiations, but also don't talk so much, right? When you talk too much, it's gonna you're gonna commit, you're gonna overcommit before you know it. You've laid out the groundwork for those guys. Make them sweat a little, and it's okay to make them sweat a little. Would you agree, Alex? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Agree. And then if you're buying an, a used car, make sure you have a, you take it. Any guy shouldn't have a problem if you want to take it to a certified mechanic. 
Um, yeah. It's okay for you to take it, get it inspected. If you're going to go look at the car and you already scheduled someone is like, Hey, I'm going to take this day. I'm going to go look at the car. I want to take it over to my mechanic, take a look at it. So you go ahead and preset that up. That way you talk to the mechanic. I'm going to swing by. I want you right. guys to do a, a, a whatever point inspection because Sometimes they they fix these cars up and they take off chicken check engine lines, they remove some others enough to make the car look great. And then once once you sign and paperwork's done and you give them the money is. as is, and then it's your problem. So just be careful, right. don't don't right. be taking advantage and make sure you take it to a certified mechanic, even if the car looks great. Um and uh, that make sure you line that up. That's what I would say for that. And then Carlos, I think you can skip number Number 15 is just don't buy trendy cars. I think that's just a personality one. I mean, the guy who's talking, right? (laughs) Did you buy a trendy car? (laughs) No, I mean, he's talking about just in general. I think we both bought a trendy car. But listen, that's the thing. When you buy a car that's a trend, right? Whether it's a vintage vehicle, whether it's a newer vehicle, whether it's someone that everyone wants, Listen, honestly, just being real with you, man, you have no room to negotiate because they're going to say, hey, you know, this is in right now. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need to tell you about it. I don't need to say the reason you came in here to look at this car is because you know what this car comes with. Let's just be honest. So you have no room to negotiate. You can't argue with that because you and I know why you went in there. Would you agree, Alex? You and I know that. but, But you know what? There's always a little room to negotiate. So just keep that in mind. So 16 is I see this all the time, especially oh, especially when I was working at the dealership, is people would tend to <laughs> to buy cars and they don't even know what the insurance is. I remember back in the days, I was trying to buy a um, Subaru STI and right before I could buy the car, the car wasn't the problem, the payment wasn't the problem. I remember that, it's, yeah. It's getting it insured. It was Ooh. crazy. It was way more than the car was uh, the monthly payment or just insurance because I was young or whatever. Didn't buy the car. A lot of people do do it the reverse. They buy the car, then they figure out, oh, insurance is way too high. I should have my insurance quote how much it would be. That way you go in there and know, okay, I'm going to pay $100 or $200 a month for insurance plus the payment. That's this much. Okay, can There's I afford that? Yeah, no problem. Yeah, yep, correct. But some people just go and they, if you're young and you go in and buy a Mustang, I mean, insurance is probably going to be high because it's a sports car. <laughs> Right. So just make sure you buy a red one, a red one, a red convertible Mustang. Don't worry. Make sure you get a quote, (laughs) get a quote when you buy a car. No, absolutely. Alex. So listen, those of you, hopefully we didn't bore you. We tried to go through Mm -hmm. these as, as quick as possible, but as you move forward and and right now, interest rates are, are at an all time low with lenders. We just recently heard the feds that they want to do a rate hike. Uh, any minute now is going to come where rates are going to go back up. People will start jumping back into bonds and people will start getting more comfortable and the economy will hopefully balance back in some kind of way is what I'm hoping. So as you're looking at, at shifting cars, at changing cars, at adding cars, whatever the case may be, think about those uh, specific 16 tips as you move forward. Now, Alex, uh, before we take off, I want to leave you with some homework, man. And uh, I don't know if any of our, uh, if any of our listeners would be willing to jump on this homework assignment. I'm going to give you a homework assignment because I think this is going to open up some conversation next week when we report back on some homework that I'm going to give you today. So I don't know if you've been able to see uh, this recent documentary 
that is, it's got, I mean, I'm telling you, man, there are so many lessons and we talk about these lessons over and over and over, whether it's leadership, whether it's relational etiquette, whether it's finance, whether it's budgeting, this specific homework, I'm going to call it, right? Uh, this next documentary that I want you to, to try to catch before we get to next week, man, you gotta, you gotta do this, bro. Even if you just put it in your ear and just let it play, right? This next one, and those of you that are listening, I want you to watch the WeWork documentary. It's on Hulu. I think you could also find it on YouTube. It's the WeWork documentary. It's the way this, this corporation grew. And, and I don't know if any of you are familiar with WeWork. WeWork is a really, I mean, it's a building, right? It's a real estate move in certain ways. It's a building where if you're a business and you don't want to pay or purchase land and a building and build, you go to this place, you pay a monthly fee, you get an office, you get a desk, you get a yes, yes. You get an office, you get a desk, uh, you get a meeting room, you get meeting rooms, access to snacks, coffee for a premium price. Listen, this company I have seen throughout the years, uh, I've seen their ticker increase dramatically, and I've also seen it drop dramatically because of so many business decisions that took place that at the end of the day, it was, well, I'll let you fill in the blank. So Alex, I want to yeah. give you that homework. No uh, it's it's going to be great. I think it's just like an hour and 20 minutes long. Is that correct? Did you see that on it's there? It's an hour and 41 minutes. Hour yeah, and 41 minutes. You got some time. Trust me. This will be good for you. This will be edifying. This will, this will refresh your business excitement, your passion, your humility, your clarity, your decisiveness. I promise, bro, you will love this. And Pull what you can from it because this is a real-time company right now that is still in existence that is having an interesting time uh, continuing to build upon what they've got. So uh, I want to give you that homework, Alex, because I want us to flush it out next so, week. And hopefully this will be beneficial for those that are listening. Now, uh, I'll definitely get, get on to that. But go ahead and close the show with the last quote of the day. Yeah, we'll give you a quote of the day. As you all know, we do this uh, every week. We try to inspire you and give you inspiration. So today's quote uh, is actually not named by anybody, Alex, uh, but I think it's, it's a very basic quote, but it's so true. It says, some days you just have to create your own sunshine. Uh, no matter what it is, some days you just have to create your own sunshine. My name is Carlos. This is Alex. Hey, guys, don't forget, we're on iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, YouTube. Share, share it, like. With that being said, thanks for tuning into the show. Yo, peace. Stonks.